Are the ways of God easy for you to see? Or you like many, most probably, you find yourself hearing recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Because we've taken a turn here, a turn there, and we ended up where we didn't want to be. We didn't intend to be here. We didn't intend to, for the circumstances to be what they are and work out the way they have, but here we are. And we find ourselves saying, you know, if I could only see the hand of God in this at work, either A, <clears throat> I would find enough encouragement to stay here and do what I need to do here in this place with these people, or I'd see his hand, a way out of, his hand leading a way out of here. Uh, the ways of God sometimes are difficult to see. However, as we're going to see today from these two passages in, in Psalm 111 and Hebrews 10, they're easier to see when we understand his nature, when you understand how he works and how he speaks to us. And the circumstances that are, that are unique to us, between he and us, we can see his hand more clearly. So turn to Psalm 111, if you would, and we're going to look at uh, verses 7 to 10, and then come back and glean uh, some things here from Psalm 111. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts or his ways are trustworthy. They're steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. First of all, the ways of God are the antidote to inconsistency. They're the antidote to inconsistency. If you find your life, <coughs> excuse me, being a picture of inconsistency, we need to find and reflect and move our way back to the, to the ways, to the precepts of God. It, he is where we find consistency because he never changes. They're, they're steadfast and trustworthy, he says here, forever and ever. Now, in our culture, cultural norms have shifted. We now have greater tolerance and less patience. We used to have less, less tolerance and more patience. And our cultural norms have shifted. We, we, we find ourselves now uh, thinking sometimes in the wrong way or, or walking in the wrong way or wondering, is this, is this acceptable? And is, what, is, is the way I think, is the, is the way I practice my faith in my life, <clears throat> is my conversation acceptable or is it offensive? We find ourselves being screened by that day after day. Many of us do. And I wonder uh, if we lose sight of the ways of God being steadfast and true and consistent day after day, decade after decade, generation after generation, only we've changed. We've allowed our, our, our mindset to change, our, our opinions to change, our, what, what bothers us to change, what, what bothers us, doesn't bother us anymore, now has now changed us. And I wonder if sometimes we have, we've shifted, not even noticed we've shifted, but we've stepped away from the ways of God and into the ways of the world to the extent that I want to be liked by them. I want to be accepted by them. I don't want to be off-putting. I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And there's something to be, to, to be said for living a grace-filled life. We're going to, in, in November, look at mercy. Uh, the title of the November series is Lord Have Mercy. And uh, we're going to see the, the mercies of God, what they say to us. But we, we live a, a merciful, grace-filled life of humility, yet... Many of us have, have moved beyond the life of mercy and beyond the life of grace, and I fear I, I have as well, to say, you know what, I'm offended by that, I'm bothered by that, but there I voice that offense and that, and that being bothered by that. Am I going to put off someone who could otherwise come to the kingdom? Am I going to offend someone who is outside the faith to 
step inside the faith. And I think about those things, and I wonder if, is what I'm thinking the ways of God? Is that the precepts of God, or is that the precepts and the ways of Tim? Is that my rationalizing the ways of God into our modern-day culture? Uh, or am I being inconsistent in my faith and in the ways that I walk? Uh, so anyway, things around us are changing fast, as, as they do generation to generation. I think of things that have happened in my lifetime, things that have been either created or, or, or put in place uh, in my lifetime. The world now revolves around the Internet. And the Internet wasn't, I didn't know what the Internet, I, I had no concept of the Internet when I was in my backyard playing ball as a kid growing up. In fact, uh, the telephone was as, was as connected as, as we were, as, li- as, li- as life could be. And, uh, and my grandmother saw the invention of the telephone. Before then, it was letters. You had to write a letter, wait on to get where it was going, let them write, get back to you. It was, and now our life is instantaneous. Are we, we know more faster, but are we better for all of that? I wonder. I don't know that I'm better for, for a faster life, for knowing more in a, in, a, in a faster fashion. I don't know that I'm better for it. I'm, I'm, I'm more informed. I have more, more access than I ever had before, but I don't know that I'm better for it. I don't know that I'm any more like Jesus for it. I don't know that I'm, I don't know, it slaps me in my own face. Um, it, it, it is hard to live in, in an ever-changing culture with consistency. Why? Because things are changing so fast around us. We wonder, is this bedrock? Can this be dependent upon? Is this counted on every day, every generation after generation? And those things in his word that he speaks to here in Psalm 111 are, they're consistent, they're unchanging. The ways of God are, are anchored down. I don't want to steal Vanderbilt's uh, mantra, anchor down is their, is their war cry. <clears throat> I hope we can beat them in a few weeks. We'll see. But um, things that are anchored down uh, tend to stay in place. Things that are just kind of set in place and hope hope they stay there. We, we got a uh, one of these sport umbrellas several years ago. We went to the beach a couple of years ago. It's this huge umbrella that's kind of a half an umbrella. I mean, it's, it looks like a clamshell, and the bottom of it's flat to set on the sand at the beach, and it's got anchor points on the bottom of it, uh, and and. I anchored those anchor points down, but it's also got outriggers for the top of it. It has cord that you outrig to a couple of stakes that you put in the ground, which I didn't anchor down. And we got to the beach, and I thought my, my anchor points along the back were going to be plenty good enough. It was just a mild breeze. There's always a breeze at the beach. Well, the mild breeze started getting more severe and more severe. And you know the end of the story. I ended up chasing my sport brella halfway down the beach to recover it because I didn't anchor down the anchor points on the front. Didn't tie the strings down. Didn't put the stakes in the ground. When things are anchored down, they tend to stay there. And the things that anchor you and I in our faith is the Word of God. They tend, that tends to stay in its pl- proper place if we'll anchor down with it. Now, if we're anchored down with a method or a program at a church or some, something that, a song that feeds us or, or uh, uh, something that scratches our spiritual itch from time to time and makes us feel better about our faith, nothing wrong with feelings, but they're short-lived. If we anchor ourselves in the Scripture and the Word of God, it is long-lived. It is unchanging. It is, it is forever. It is as this, as this passage says, steadfast. It's the antidote to inconsistency, the Word of God is, every time. Secondly, the ways of God are not only the antidote to inconsistency, they are the key to greater understanding. Look at verse 9 and 10 with me again. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever and ever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have good understanding. His precepts, his ways. All who follow those have good understanding of what? <clears throat> well, of what he is up to in us, and what he is up to around us, in the, in, in our, in, within our culture. Now, 
Why is it so important? So we can see his way. We can see his path ahead of us before we, make, before we uh, take the next step. Now, as, as I often say, God will, will seldom, if ever, give us the full picture. Why? Because we don't need faith if he gives us the full picture. He gives us a slice and another slice and another slice, and sooner or later our confidence in him starts to grow. We don't need to see the next step. We don't need to see the results of our next conversation. We don't need to think about the things coming up next in our life. We just need to know if God's there, I can trust it. If he's in it, I can bank on it. If he's ahead of me, ordaining my steps and ordaining my ways, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's faithful. So we can see that among, as I say, among an ever-changing and confused and cluttered culture. We can see his ways. Listen to these words of Psalm 119, 104, 105. It says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I love this, I hate every wrong path. I can see it and I hate it, in essence. He says here, and so... What he's saying there, there is that his word, again, is the key to, to our, our understanding, our seeing, our seeing him in a greater fashion. And so <clears throat> if you want to see his ways, want to see his precepts, want to understand his nature of things, it is in his word. It's in his word. How can I know that to be true? Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It illuminates the way. The way that is otherwise clouded by a culture that wants to cloud our faith and keep our faith marginalized, keep our mouths shut, keep us inside this room, and keep what we believe inside the context of these walls, that is illuminated in the world, he says. As you follow me step after step, I will illuminate your way. I'll help you see the things you don't see, can't see for yourself now in this place. Now, his word is, as as I have often shared with you before, his word is, is both timely and timeless. It's timely in the sense that it matters and is relevant for today. Every decision we make, every, every aspect of our life, every, every nook and cranny of our faith, the things we want to understand, the things we don't, the things we see, the things we don't, the things we get, the things we don't, it is timeless, and it is timely. It is timeless in the sense that it has always been true. It will always be true. It has always been given direction. It will always give direction. It is always illuminated. It will always illuminate. It will always do those things that it has done for generation after generation since it was put into place but it's also timely in the sense that there's no cultural norm, there's no cultural moray that we can't look through the Word of God and say it fits. It has something to say about it. Now, in specific detail, probably not, but in context with itself, it always fits our culture. It is always timely and it is always timeless, and we can see those things. Now, listen to these words in Isaiah 5 about it as well. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks who acquit the guilty for a bribe but deny justice to the innocent. Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw and as dry grass sticks down in the flames, so their roots will decay and their flowers will blow away like dust. For they have, watch this, they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty. They have spurned the word of the Holy One. You and I are living in a culture that is spurning the word, the Holy One. Now, we can either shrink back at that and say, it's really not as relevant as it used to be, or we can pick it up, we can learn to conversationalize it, we can learn to live it and apply it and say, it is relevant to today, and you need to hear it. You need to hear it in the spirit of love. I'm not going to beat you over the head with it, but you need to hear it, and you need to see it lived out in my life to the extent that the things that begin to make sense for me, and I see God's direction, His hand in my life, how can I know that? I can know that by his word. How can I share that? I can share that by the story of his word matters. It's not how good I am or how smart I am in seeing his way. 
I see his way by the vision of his word. And as I see his way by the vision of his word, that kind of lifestyle is contagious. I'm going to tell you, people around you and I, and in your world and my world, are seeking understanding. They're seeking a way to get it because they don't get it. They don't get the fact that people go drive vehicles into crowds of people killing you know, hundreds of, trying to kill hundreds of people at one time. They don't get the fact that people are bombing people all over the world in, in, in the name of Allah, of Allah. They don't get the fact that people are picking up guns and shooting people at concerts in Las Vegas. They don't, they don't get the fact that there's evil in the world. We have an enemy, and he's real, and this book tells us that he's real. Now, why would we expect him to just sit back and not make himself known? He's going to be seen. He's going to make himself known. He's going to bring about confusion so that even believers will say, Is God real? Does he exist? Why does he allow this? Why does he His word says that these, these things are going to happen to Matthew 24. In the last days, you're not going to be able to recognize this place because evil will be on the, on, on the rampage. And so if we see those things ahead of time and we understand how his word speaks and his ways work, we can understand his way he's working and see his working around us and can, can, can glean understanding. Most don't get that, and you never will outside of this book. You'll never make sense of a world that's going astray outside this book. This book said it, said it would, and it is, and here we are. Thirdly, the ways of God are not only the antidote to inconsistency and the key to greater understanding. The ways of God are our access to the mind of God. The ways of God are our access to the mind of God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And this, this, this text is on the screen as well. Look with me, if you will, at verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Our access to the mind of God, through what he describes here as a new and living way. A new way. A new way that's alive, he says here in verse, uh, verse 20. This new and living way. He tore the curtain in the temple at his death. The curtain tore between the holy place <clears throat> and the Holy of Holies. And as that curtain tore, it was symbolic of the fact that the middleman is now gone. We, have, we no longer have to come to God by way of a priest. We can enter the holy place and talk to the Holy One by the blood of Jesus. We have access, he's saying, because, that, because that's true and because the, the, the temple veil was torn, access to the most holy place. Now, in essence, in doing this, he gives us, this is pivotal, he gives us access to the mind of God through the blood of Christ. So that through the blood of Christ and his redemption of us, we have access then at that point instantly to the mind of God. If that don't blow you away, something, something needs to be, you need to be blown on. That is, it should be mind-boggling to us that instant access that we carry around in the form of the Holy Spirit and his word to us, his spirit in us, gives us access into a holy place, into the very nature of how God thinks, how he processes things, how he reasons together with us. And so this, this idea of our, our having access to the mind of God is, is a phenomenal thing. I was, uh, several years ago, uh, did an FCA conference uh, over in Black Mountain, and uh, Tony Dungy uh, re- 
retired coach of the Colts and the Tampa Bay Bucks, was in my small group that we were leading in. <clears throat> he and I were having a conversation about Peyton Manning, who played for him at the time. And uh, 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 he was sharing that, I said, you know, when you get in crunch time, isn't it great to have the mind of Manning that you can lean on? He said, listen, not only that, he said, when you get in crunch time, I would call him over to the sideline sometimes to give him a play. We're, we're, we're down, the, you know, less than a minute in the game. We need a touchdown. We're down on the 15-yard line. I think I've got the perfect play. And he said, yeah, that might work. What do you think about this? He said, his play's better than my play. Let's run your play. He said, having access to the mind of Manning is something that makes a coach look really good. Having access to the, to the God, the king of the universe, is something that makes you and I really understand the ways of God, the nature of God, see what he's up to. Why? Because we have access by way of his word and by way of his spirit to how he thinks, how, how his plans for us and his order for us takes place. Uh, we have access to, the, to that kind of wisdom in every situation, at every turn, in every decision, at every crossroad. have access to the wisdom in the mind of God. Now, Isaiah 30 says this about that. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right, listen, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. What's he saying? He's saying, I stand to give you direction at every turn, in every situation, at every crossroads, in every decision. I stand ready to give you every direction you need if you'll listen. If you'll listen to the, he said, the teachers of God aren't taken away from you. He said, here they are. The word of God teaches us in the ways of God. He said, I stand ready to say, turn here. Turn to the right, turn to the left. If you'll listen to me, if you'll understand the nature of how I work and how I speak, access to the mind of God. So if we want to hear the voice of God, we have to understand the mind of God and the ways of God, how he works into us. Stepping into a holy place and embracing the work of God, and that's an all-in proposition. It's not something we can just kind of tiptoe into and say, can you give me a little? If you give me a little, I'll trust you for a little more. Give me a little. No, we have to step in and say, I'm yours. I'm all yours, and I'm all in at this, regardless of whether it makes me look good or bad, whether it makes me look uncertain or not, I'm yours and I'm all in. I want to see your ways. I need to see your hand at work in my life. And I understand to do that, i got to sell out to you. I can't step back here and hold things in reserve and say, you work over there until I see it's safe and I'll move. It's not how God, play, how God works with us. In fact, it's not how he works with me. And I dare say it's not how he works with you. He doesn't work with us in safety. He works with us to where we have to trust him by faith and walk with him by faith. And then we start to see there he is, 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 there he is. And we see his hand at work around us. We understand the nature of God by understanding the mind of God. Finally, the ways of God not only are antidote to inconsistency and the key to greater understanding and access to the mind of God, the ways of God finally are intended to be walked together. The ways of God are intended to be walked together. Look at verse 22, let us draw near to God. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly. Verse 24, let us consider how we spur one another on. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. You know what he's saying? He's saying, let us, let us, let us, let us. In other words, there needs to be, we need to be connected as we're walking out the ways of God in our life. He speaks to this four times here with intention to say, I want you to do this together. You are not to be an island unto yourself. You are to do that within the context of the body of Christ. He intends us for, to, to seek and walk out his precepts, walk out his ways within community with each other, in the context of community, in the context of our being together. Now, if you've been a Christian five minutes, you've understand this. The enemy's way to get you to do what he wants to do is to isolate you. 
If he can make you feel alone, he's won half the battle. If he can make you feel isolated, like nobody understands it, nobody gets me, nobody would, it, there's no point in my sharing this with somebody else. They're just going to, not going to get it. They're not going to stand me. And when he's got us in isolation, he's got us exactly where he wants us because in isolation, manipulation starts to follow. Isolation, and we, he starts to have his hand in his way, and sooner or later we end up in a place we didn't intend to be. Why? Because he got us alone. And he got us isolated. He got us thinking, nobody gets this. Nobody understands this. And nobody will see what I'm going through when they will, if we'll learn to, sh- to share and walk in community with each other. Is that hard to do? Sure it is. We have to make ourselves vulnerable to do that. And vulnerability isn't, isn't something that's where most of us go chasing vulnerability. Uh, but it, it's what we need. We need community. We need each other to walk together and understand and see the ways God has for us. As he isolates us, <clears throat> He either wants us, I believe, in isolation to do one of two things. One, he wants us independent, thinking, I've got this. I got this. I don't need God. Don't need don't need my wife. I got this. I don't need any help. I got this. He wants us in independence. Independence comes before a fall. Or he wants us vulnerable, which says, I can't do this. There's no way in the world I can do this. I can't make this happen. I can't make this work. So if he's got us at either end of the spectrum to say, I've got this regardless of what it is. I, I can handle it. I got this. Don't worry about it. Or there's no way in the world this is going to happen. He has us at either end of those spectrums. He's got us exactly where he wants us. Why? Because I've got this. It's about to fall. And I can never do this. We'll never get anything done for, a king, for the kingdom. That's where he wants to keep us, in isolation. If we can walk in community with each other, though, we can walk in the context of, of doing life with other folks, and, and they encourage us and us them, we can see our, our faith start to grow in ways that we can, again, start to see the hand of God, the ways of God, the precepts of God that we couldn't see before because of the encouragement and the fellowship and the, and the prayer of believer to believer and, and we're walking together, and this let us do these things. Let us draw near to God. Let us not meet, stop meeting together. Let us, let us, let us. We need to walk in the context of community with each other. Independence will lead us astray. Proverbs 14 says this. There's a way that seems right to man, but at the end, it leads to death. And then Ecclesiastes is the antithesis of that. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. What's he saying? We need each other. We're stronger together. We're better together. I said in every home that I shared, was able to share Christ with this past week, and at every person who prayed to receive Christ, I said, well, that's a great first step. And I want to commend you for the first step. And I want to tell you what's going to happen today, probably tonight. The enemy's coming after you. He's coming after you. Why? Because you've just taken a step that, that can impact this community, certainly can impact the rest of your family, can impact the culture and the, 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 the neighborhood you live in, impact people you work with. He's not too thrilled at that. So he's going to tempt you. He's going to make you feel defeated. He's going to, to circumstantially attack you. Expect those kinds of things to happen. Why? Because you're a brand new Christian and you're vulnerable. You need each other. That's why we've brought a person from this church with us in our team to share, to share Christ with you so that you can be handed to this person that can encourage you in the faith, can help you grow, can help you see, see and be fed and understand the Word of God because without it, you're toast. You're toast on your own. You're toast isolated and alone. You don't do well on your own. None of us do. And trying to get people to help, help them see that was just... Yeah, I get that. I already feel attacked. 
And so we need each other. We, we're wired for community. We're wired for it. You go look at Acts chapter 2 and see God intends us to walk together in community with each other, never in isolation, never alone. Well, question as we close, and that's this. Does God still work in mysterious ways? Does he still work in mysterious ways? Are they, are they so above us and beyond us that they're unreachable? Well, that can and oftentimes is true, but they're less mysterious if we understand them. If we understand him and we understand them, his ways are far less mysterious. In fact, we can see them coming. We can recognize God's in that. God's in this. If he's in that and this, then he's there. He's ahead of me at every step. I can trust him. I can see the, the doors he opens. I'll I, I run through. I don't have to ask, is this him? Because I've seen how he works. He's developed a pattern with me. He's developed a, a way of speaking to me either circumstantially, uh, literally through his word, or spiritually through his Holy Spirit. He's developed a pattern of speaking to me and communicating with me this. I can see his hand there. I can see his hand there. And as I've talked about so many times, here's a marker. There's a marker. Here's where God has shown up there. And if, 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 then he can be trusted in whatever it is. His hand is ahead of us. His ways he wants us to see and get. It is not a God saying, you're going to get me one of these days when you're in my presence. Yeah, we'll get it then. But he wants us to get him now. He wants us to understand his ways here. Why? There are people who need to see his ways and his precepts and see him at work walking through our lives to hear the story of here's how God has shown up. Here's what he's done, and he can do the same thing in you time after time after time. The ways of God are the antidote to inconsistency. The ways of God gives us greater understanding. The ways of God are access to the mind of God, and the ways of God are designed to be walked together. And his ways are less mysterious when we see and understand his hand, his nature, 